Our Heavenly Father, uh, Easter is many things. It's a holiday, a tradition, a ceremony. But above all, Easter is about a person, about our Lord Jesus. We pray that this Easter we may see Jesus. Through your word and by the power of your spirit, may we see Jesus and love and follow him better. Amen. Uh, Well, the question I want us to think about is, what is so good about Good Friday? Why is the day when Jesus was unjustly convicted, brutally beaten and murdered, called Good Friday? In Germany today, apparently, the day is called Karfreitag. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly or not, but it means Morning Friday. Now, that seems more appropriate in some ways. Uh, But sometimes a day is good because of what it produces, even if the day itself is sad. Uh, Like D-Day, June 6, 1944, thousands of Allied troops landed in Europe, up and down the western coast. Some of the most intense fighting of the war, thousands died. Uh, And yet it was the decisive turning point of the war. Within a few weeks, the back of the German resistance had been broken. It was the beginning of the end. It was a sad day, but it was a good day. Uh, Or the day Ian Smith, a former member of our church, found out that he had cancer, uh, lymphoma, potentially deadly. He was numb. He didn't know what to think, what to pray, what to tell his family. But it was also the day he was diagnosed It was the first day of his treatment, uh, the day on which he was booked in for immediate surgery. And tests and radiotherapy and chemotherapy, uh, chemotherapy, they were all successful and he was cured. But if it hadn't been for that day, he may well have died. It was a sad day, but it was also a good day. And so when it comes to Good Friday, the same is also true. It is a sad day because we see the injustice of what happened. The one human being who never sinned was callously abused, unjustly convicted, sentenced to death. Recognised as innocent by Pontius Pilate and King Herod, recognised as innocent by the criminal hanging next to him and even the centurion who supervised his execution, all of them said he was innocent but he was murdered anyway. It's a sad day, secondly, because of the suffering Jesus experienced. There was the short-term pain of the whips. There was the beating and the crown of thorns. Then you've got the longer-term pain of crucifixion itself, the, the struggle to catch a breath, hour after hour, the aching muscles, the thirst, the ache, the shame. You've got the emotional pain of his rejection and abandonment by his friends. And it's a sad day also because in the sufferings of Jesus we see how bad our sin must really be. How evil and self-centred we really are. You see, it was our sin that made it necessary for God to punish his son. 
the crowd's rejection of Jesus, it's really no different from our rejection of his authority over our lives. You see, if we had been part of that crowd, we would have done the same. We would have yelled, crucify him along with them, if the behaviour of our lives is any indication. And so it's appropriate that on Good Friday, tears fall. Uh, Tears of shame, tears of sorrow, tears of repentance. But Good Friday is also a good day because, as I said in the kids' talk, Friday wasn't the end. Friday wasn't the end. Sunday was still to come. Uh, We didn't read about the good news. We didn't read about Sunday today. You have to come back on Sunday to hear that part of the story. But there are still hints, even in what we did read. So let's think about those even in the midst of all the sorrow. So verse 27, Luke is the only one to recount this little interaction. The women of Jerusalem are mourning and wailing as Jesus is led out of the city to his death. But in verse 28, look at what Jesus says to them. Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me. Weep for yourselves and for your children. For the time will come when you will say, blessed are the barren women, the wombs that never bore and the breasts that never nursed. Now, he's thinking about an event in the future. He's thinking about the destruction of Jerusalem by Rome in 70 AD. Many more will die at that time than just one man. But did you notice what he says at the start? Do not weep for me. Even in the midst of all of his pain, as he carries the cross to his death, He trusts in God's plan. He trusts in God's care. He knows that death is not the end. There is more to the story. Friday is not the end and Sunday is coming. Or jump down to verse 38, the title that's written above his head. This is the King of the Jews. Now sure, it was put there as Roman propaganda. Uh, the Jewish leaders in one of the other Gospels are say, um, have a cause to complain about it. And they say, don't say, this is, say, he said he was. Uh, but the Romans said, no, no, that's, the, that's what we want. We want to show what happens to those who rebel against Rome. But the irony is, those words are true. Now, these are perhaps the first words written down about Jesus. And they're 100% correct. He is a king. His kingdom is about to come. The soldiers, the crowd, they mock Jesus. They say, verse 36, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. They didn't believe those words because it didn't fit their image of what a king, what a promised Messiah would do or be. You're not really the king, they say. A king didn't die, a king didn't suffer on behalf of his people and yet that's exactly what God had planned, exactly what Jesus would do because he was Israel's true king and death couldn't keep him because Friday wasn't the end, Sunday was still to come. The religious leaders may have missed that Jesus was king but the thief crucified next to him didn't. Down to verse 39. Have a look at it with me. 
One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you're under the same sentence? We are punished justly, for we're getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. What amazing insight. Out of all the people who watched Jesus that day, hundreds, perhaps thousands of people saw him on that day, no one gets him right the way this guy does. Not the religious experts, not even his closest followers. May we understand Jesus like that man. Notice what he gets right. First, he recognises God's right to judge him. Don't you fear God, he says. God rules the universe. Uh, People don't rule the universe. God made everything. Then he recognises his own guilt before God. We are being punished justly. He recognised that he deserved death for the crime he was committed of, but, but also for a whole lot more. We're punished justly. Third, he recognises Jesus' innocence. This man has done nothing wrong. Out of all the people in Jerusalem that day, Jesus suffered the most, but deserved it the least. But all of those observations are nothing compared to what he says in verse 42, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He saw in Jesus someone who couldn't be beaten by death. Can you imagine anyone else looking at this guy hanging on a cross and saying, it's not the end, I know something's coming. He looked at him and didn't see a broken man, he saw a king whose kingdom was coming and someone who had the authority to welcome others into his kingdom as well. It's incredible. We don't know his history. We don't know how much else he knew about Jesus. We don't know what he'd seen or heard. We don't know what he realised in general about life after death. What he realised about Jesus' victory over sin and death in his resurrection. But he recognised that Friday wasn't the end, that Sunday was still to come. And so out of all the blackness and the despair of that day, Jesus' response to him, Jesus' words to him, they shine like a burst of sunlight through the black storm clouds. Verse 43, Jesus answered him, I tell you the truth, today you will be with me in paradise. Not only would Friday not be the end for Jesus, but it wouldn't be the end for this man either. The irony was the other criminal who had mockingly asked to be saved wasn't saved, while the one who'd asked only to be remembered was saved. Are there any words of greater comfort than Jesus' words here? Especially to those of us who know the depth of our own sin? I tell you the truth, today you will be with me in paradise. This nameless criminal 
had done enough evil in his life to deserve the death penalty. But Jesus wiped it away with a word and guaranteed him eternity. The authority of a king ruling over his kingdom. There was no chance for this criminal to deserve such a gift, to earn forgiveness. There was no opportunity for him to repay the debt, no chance to show repentance. He never got to learn a gospel outline. He was never baptised. He didn't have to do church membership classes. He had no chance to learn any deep theology or donate money or do good works. But Jesus welcomed him into his kingdom. And what that means is if Jesus can welcome that thief into his kingdom, he can welcome you. He can welcome anyone. No one is too far from that sort of promise from Jesus. No one is too sinful. Now that's another reason it's called Good Friday because of what it produces, because of what comes after, because it's the day Jesus pays our debt before God. You can see it down in verse 45. The sun stops shining in the middle of the day, a sign of the horror of God's judgment. But instead of it being judgment carried out on the people, it's judgment carried out on his son. And we know that that judgment was effective because of what else happened in verse 45. The curtain of the temple was torn in two. The curtain separates the, the holy place from the rest of the temple. The curtain uh, is between the place that represented where God was and the place where the people were. And so the door between God and people had been smashed. The way in had been opened. Access had been granted to God. God's arms are opened in welcome at Jesus' death. Because the punishment for sin had been carried out, the admission price had been paid for the thief, but also for anyone who looks to Jesus as King and Saviour. Good Friday is good because of what it produces. Jesus earns our access to God. He pays for our adoption as sons and daughters. Good Friday changes everything. Not just our relationship with God, it changes the confidence we can have in our relationship with God. The book of Hebrews, a a few books on from, from Luke, it picks up the idea of this curtain that separates us from God, this image of the temple. And, and then it expands on what opening that curtain means for Christians. So I'm reading from Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19, uh, and it says, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith. You see, because of what Jesus does on Good Friday, we can approach God confidently. We can pray to him knowing that he hears us and accepts us. Friday is good because if 
you are a Christian, you can come to God confidently. Confident to confess your sins and knowing you won't be turned away. Confident to know that you are forgiven, assured of his love for you. Certain of eternity with him. No doubts. Now if that is true, that makes a difference in how you pray. You don't come fearfully cap in hand, not knowing whether you'll be heard or or shooed away in annoyance. We can be fully assured that God is our friend, our Father, who hears our prayers, who is reconciled to us. What a difference that makes for a Christian. For a Christian who faces death like that thief on the cross. A confidence that when we die and we stand before God, it is not the pile of our sins he looks at, it's not the much smaller pile of good works that he looks at, but he looks at his son. He looks at the perfect life of his son and counts the Christian as righteous as Jesus and welcomes us into paradise with Jesus. Now that is an offer that doesn't just go to the thief, it goes to anyone who turns from their rebellion, who turns to Jesus as King and Saviour and accepts his lordship over their life. Now if you have done that, if you have accepted God's gift, then Friday, Good Friday, truly is a good day. If you haven't done that, Today could be that day that you do that. It could be good for you as well. You can speak to God with confidence because of what Jesus has done. Turn from your rebellion. Turn to Jesus as King and Saviour so that Good Friday can be good for you too. One of the songs we sing here occasionally, we're not singing it today, uh, is It Was Finished Upon that cross and I just want to read some words to you from that from that song now the curse it has been broken Jesus paid the price for me full the pardon he has offered great the welcome that I receive boldly I approach the father clothed in Jesus righteousness there is no more guilt to carry it was finished upon that cross now that's why we call it good friday Let's pray. Help us to see Jesus and trust him. Amen.